The Quest Network is proud to present Star Wars Off the Record. Hey everybody, welcome to Star Wars Off the Record for Episode 4, Ivarwin's New Hope. Yes, he has a new hope. Mm. <laughs> this episode of Star Wars Off the Record is brought to you in part by DoghouseSystem.com. DoghouseSystems.com for the best gaming, computer rigs, and best customer service. Go to DoghouseSystems.com. When you go there, plug in the code Off the Record, all one word, to get double the memory, which is a hundred to one hundred and fifty dollar value, all for yours. For free doghousesystems.com hey everybody i'm joe the widget wilson your first chair host and joining me because i love the guy is evarwin skyblocker because i have a i have a new hope apparently for this episode apparently <laughs> <laughs> hello joe hello chat room how is everyone doing today and in second chair because he's my bestest whole friend in the whole wide world is darth forney Hola, como estas, mis amigos? <laughs> Hola. <laughs> Darth Mike. <laughs> Hola! Yo. <laughs> and in fourth chair is Master Olan. Hey, Lou. Hello, everyone. Hello, Joe. You've Mike. Hello, everyone in the chat room. Glad everyone's here tonight. We are here to do a show about Swator. This indeed. Star Wars The Old yeah. Republic and other Star Wars goodies. I'm going to let Mike go first for the meat and potatoes of today's show. So I got halfway through 35 on my Vanguard today. Started romancing my female companion. Hey, yo. I finally started doing PvP. Did Hutball and the other one. Can't remember the name of it. The one where you destroy the walls and... You have to go around and defend it. And, uh, and yeah, that one. Yeah. It was pretty fun. Uh, we lost both times, but I was still getting over a thousand honor per time. Which they call just... Valor. Valor, that's right. Valor. I was getting a thousand Valor per time and like 80, uh, 80 commendations. So, you know, even though I lost, it was actually worth it. He, he did say he did say he started PvPing, so. Yeah, this is the first time I've done it on you this You know what? Character. That reminds me. I got to do a little announcement really quick. Because okay. I got reamed after last week's episode about this. I made a mistake on my little PvP tip of the week last week. Um, and that is, you cannot buy level 50 PvP gear. It's done by special uh, accommodations. And what you got to do is you have to buy what's called a champion gear bag. It's an epic gear bag. You can only have one in your inventory if you're under level 50. And you got to just save up your accommodations and by the time you hit 50 you should have enough to buy at least five of these bags what these bags contain is champion accommodations and a chance of getting epic pvp gear to get the champion oh. gear which is the first pvp set uh you need 200 warzone accommodations and you need 200 mercenary accommodations in order to get one bag and it takes 30 warzone to get 10 mercenary so 900 and you got yourself one bag so you got to save up and then quite the grind yeah after you get the one bag put it in your inventory and just save up and get a thousand of each the mercenary and warzone and then by the time you have 50 you're good to go with a chance of getting some hopefully decent gear i got two bags when i hit 50 and i didn't get any gear anyway mike sorry the hot crumbles that's okay 
I lost my spot. Anyways, yeah. My guy's a beast. It took like four guys, three, four guys to take me down. I just kind of running through there. Ah! Pulling people into the poison. You know? Yeah, I did that noise too the whole time I was playing. Get over here. You know? And every time you pull someone into the poison, you're like, that's for you, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> so, um,. When I first got to Balmore, I went to this area and actually found a Datacron. I couldn't figure out how to get it, and I found out you had to go through this secret invisible wall and run around through this area and kill a bunch of things. So it's a pretty cool endurance uh, Datacron that I got. I think it's only like the third one that I've gotten in the game so far. I really should I love... go back and start getting I found them. <laughs> two on my way to 50. Only two. I got two so far, I need, or two or three, but I need to go back and get more. I just have been too busy leveling. Uh, I played some of my uh, Jedi Knight today on, on the other server. Dual wielding lightsabers is badass. That's all I gotta say. What level did you get him up to so far? Uh, he's only level twelve right now. Okay, I so got, he's just starting out. Yeah, I just started him out not too long ago. Just play with my cousin on that server, and then I created a bounty hunter on our server on the on the Empire side. So mm-hmm. you were telling so. me that you want to do every tank class, but you know that you went the advanced class. Yeah, I know. Tank, I right. <laughs> but I did that. I did that before I uh, I decided to level all the tanks. I'm gonna level all the tanks on our server. Gotcha. On Juyo. <laughs> Mike, I had, a, I had a question for you, Mike, because I was considering, yeah. um, I, w- I was wondering what, what this would look like for you since you're doing, you know, a DPS class. You got a couple of DPS classes. What, how does, how does the, the Jedi Knight DPS compare to the, the Trooper DPS? Uh, Level-wise, about the same around level 10. But mm-hmm. since I went pure tank on my Trooper, I really don't do that much damage. It takes me a lot longer because... But I've got armor for days, so I can't really compare it too much yet. All right. Now, on your trooper, do you have a lot of skills that, that are built in for for immediate threat generation? Yeah, I think right now I've got five or six skills that uh, help me get hate and everything like that. I've got a uh, about three or four AoEs. One of them is an AoE taunt. I've got two ranged taunts, and I've got one up-close one. Plus then abilities that actually do it. My uh, my ion cannon increases all threat gain by like, God, I can't remember, I think 15 or 20%? Something like that. Wow. Yeah. I haven't really tanked too much actually in the game itself. I've only... Tatooine, I did a lot of it. I did like all the group quests. I tanked all of them. But then I haven't done any group quests since Tatooine. So yeah. lately no one's been on when I've been playing. Like this morning I played all morning and there was like eight people on Balmora from like eight this morning until like 12. <laughs> yeah, you noticed that too. I was on, I was on um, Alderaan, and we had there was like six there in our <laughs> in our phase. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's just like nothing going on. So yeah. But then again, it's also solid. you know Friday during the day too, so people are are generally at work. Yeah, and that's pretty much the only time I can play. So. They're on nah, different planets, and well, I can solo most two man group quests, so I just can't do the bigger four man ones. But uh, yeah, that's it for me. Nice. What about Ivarwin? Hey, got to level thirty-one. Nice today. today. Did you get? <laughs> did, you, did you finish your legacy finally? No, no, I haven't. I haven't. I've been trying to. I've been trying to. I I started my week off um, at level twenty-eight, so I was excited that I finally got to level t- level thirty-one today. So awesome about that. However, I'm still waiting to get open up my legacy. Not too burned about it though, because I'm kind of like semi-purposefully uh, taking a long time to level up. You know, when when you finally hit fifty, Joe, and and I know Lou has has two fifties. Finally 250? 
compared, to, I, compared to Lou, yes. Should I say? Should I say? Finally, is finally like you know appropriate? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but when you when you hit fifty and then Lou has two fifties, like you know, I've been hearing you guys chat a bit about it, and I'm thinking like eh, end game doesn't seem too appealing right now. You know? Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way, and I'm at end game. Yeah. So that's what I'm like. I'm taking a while to get there. I've got I've got alts, but I want to take my time. So I'm going it at you know a semi snail's pace. Um, I don't want to have you know have to hit endgame and and do nothing. Well, um, you hit it, so I can do something with you. Yeah. So I have something. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting there. I'm I'm moving on up. Yeah, uh, me and Navarro went. I'll hit it about the same time. Probably. Probably about that. Yeah. Because you're you're close to. I'm like well, I'm halfway to 36. Yeah, you have you have you're 35 now, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Alderaan finally finished Tatooine. Loved it there. Okay. Uh, great time beating back the Zerka Corporation, and all is now right with the world on Tatooine. <laughs> <laughs> I loved going after and trying to save the uh, the Jedi Masters. I'll leave it there. I don't want to spoil anything for our listeners. Um, but that was a great time for me. I really enjoyed that. So now I'm on Alderaan. Alderaan's been uh, fun so far. I've been helping out the House Organa and doing those quests, the initial quests there. And started doing one called uh, the Paladin Paladin quest. So I was really disappointed, though, when you finish that and you don't get a title called Paladin. They kind of made a big deal about representing uh, House Organa in, in the battle. <laughs> but that was a big disappointment for you, Mr. Loving Paladins. Yeah, it was disappointing for me. I had my my nerd paladin senses were twitching all over the place. When, when, uh, the uh, the house organa was like, "You shall be our paladin." I was like, "Ooh, ooh, ooh, <laughs> yay!" <laughs> I was just imagining, you know, my my new brand spanking new title, Paladin Evarwins. Yeah, but no, didn't happen. <laughs> it was not to be. You know, a lot of people have been complaining about Alderaan is how the f- first two uh, taxi points are like 10 feet away from each other. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're very close. And then the next one is way the hell out there. I, I, haven't, even, I haven't even found it yet, but it's you, you really have to go looking for it. It's, it's not near the, the road. It's not easily found off the road. So I'm still looking for it. You will find it. <sighs> I shall, I shall. Um, yeah, one thing I got to mention though about about this week so far, really getting annoyed over a bug concerning my my companion and her lightsaber. She's got a double bladed lightsaber. When we fight, pulls it out. All good, all good, all gravy. When we disengage fighting, I put my lightsaber away just fine. She likes to take the lightsaber still still turned on and just tack it on her side and it's you know cutting through her entire body when she runs <laughs> mine leaves it on too but she always does it and she always runs in that stance she doesn't put it away it's still lit i can't yes. get her to not keep it lit i don't it's it's irritating the hell out of me <laughs> i hate it <laughs> so if bioware can get on that please i'd like that fixed asap so that's it just totally excited to hit 31 i can't wait to open up my legacy I'm going to make you go last tonight. <gasps> awesome. Gives me more time to think. <laughs> <laughs> what am I going to say? Damn it, man. 
Put me on the spot. I hit level 50 on my Sage. Congratulations. Thank you. The day after we recorded last week. And I did mostly PvP. Uh, I got to about what I had a quarter of my experience left and then for my level, I just went ahead and did my storyline. Yeah, um, I am extremely disappointed in Endgame to the point of if they don't fix this, it's going to make me close my account bad because I'm not going to just keep on leveling alts. So we'll get into that in the next in the next segment in more detail. But I got so mad that I went and made my next character my bounty hunter, which turns out I am in love with him. He's level 18 already. Gotta wow. say his companion is hot, <laughs> extremely cute. She beats out my other guys, but uh. Yeah, and after playing this character, and I've played another alt before, I realized that the Sage is extremely underpowered in PvE when it comes really? to soloing. Extremely. With this guy, I was soloing uh, two-man heroics, my bounty hunter. With my Sage, I couldn't even think of hitting... Of I have a hard enough time killing one elite alone. Now, I'm trying to do dailies in Ilum, and I can't do them at level 50 because I'm too weak. A not a tough. What do they call them? Um, strong. Wait, see the elites, the champions, the strongs. The strong, yeah. A All strong right. kicks my butt. I can't beat him. Well, now is this an issue with with your companion tank? I check his gear. I mean, my gear and his gear are, are decent. They're not great, but I can't. Is he just not holding the threat? He's holding the threat. If he dies, and I die. It's pathetic. I don't do enough damage to keep up. And I don't have enough credits to try to buy gear off the auction house. And, I mean, I guess I could PvP until I'm blue in the face, getting my butt handed to me with everyone who's got all his gear, and then get gear that way. Um, but that doesn't seem appealing to me either. And, and I've been... Well, I'm going to get into that later. I'll get into this, the rest of this in the next right, segment. Right, right, yeah. But when it comes to terms of the Sage, I think that the Sage is, is very underpowered after playing different classes. Uh, I love my Sage. I think... He's awesome in different aspects, but when it comes to soloing, not easy. Not easy in the slightest. So, hmm. But I am I am loving the crap out of my bounty hunter. I did PvP with him, and I was spanking level 48 and 49 enemies. Uh, we lost both matches that I played with him, but I was MVP on both of them. At level... I did it at level 16. Most damage, most objective points. It was so much fun. So those of you who think that PvE is PvP is in favor more of level forties. It all depends on the skill of the player. Well, that's what good. It, at least what it boils to down to. That. People are saying that PvP is broken. I have to disagree completely. Um, I know one guy I was talking to the other night said that he saw two ranged up on a platform that he couldn't get to on his melee guy, so it was broken. <laughs> that was his excuse. That was his excuse. Um, not a valid excuse. Figure out a way to get him off. Get up there. There's ways. I mean, if they get up there, you can get up there too, because they're not gonna just like fly up there magically. If they get up there, you can get up there too. Yeah, I, I mean, communication. Um, you know, if you want to go it alone, certain classes have things. You know, force push. Great. Every skill. bit of PvP is not about trying to kill the other player. The night, the three war zones that you have in this game are not about killing the other players. It's about the, the objectives. If someone's up there on a ledge trying to to gank you like that, and you can't get up there. Go do the objective. Go away. Go do something else. There's plenty to do in Hutball, in the one that Mike can't remember, and the three turrets. That's like a huge debate with a lot of people. And he was saying that there's like thousands of pages of PvP complaints on the forums. Well, yeah, because people get ganked by one class, and I think that they're not they're overpowered, and no, oh, I'm gonna get hurt. And 
it might be it might be valid uh, that PvP is broken, but with not just with that excuse though. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> that's not a good excuse of saying what that you know PvP is broken. So it may or may not be. I don't know, but you know, I, I can't. Explain From my that. personal experience, I've played a ton of it. From my sage, right. and then now my bounty hunter. I love it. It is the best PvP experience I have had in MMO yet, in my personal opinion. Because it, it's, it feels balanced to me. I don't feel like there's any one class that I can't take on. And all the characters, that I, all the different classes I've played, three of them in PvP, mind you, not just one, that I've gone in there and done PvP, and I never had any major problems with only one class. Hmm. There's a way around getting every. There's a way of beating every class. You just got to figure out how. Yeah, you got to know their their weaknesses. That's number one. You play it enough, you'll get good enough. You'll understand. Plain and simple. Don't just do it once and say, "Oh, they're they're overpowered," and and quit and go complain on forums. That's just not not kosher. All right, I'm done complaining, but I'm gonna get my Jawa. I'm gonna get my Jawa. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, dee dee. <laughs> Wait till the Ewoks come out, folks. Wait until the Ewoks come out. <laughs> Such a good patch idea, though. Such a good patch idea. <laughs> Every class I, I played, ate, an, I ate a Jawa the other day. Every really class that, meat on them. Guys, hold on a second. Ursa yeah. said, "Unless you don't have stuns, well, if that means you're too low level and you haven't gotten your stun yet, because every class that I've played against that I've played has them, in one form or the other. Like, mind you, my bounty hunter has a little four-second stun, but that's plenty of time for me to do my business. So, I mean, I don't know if you guys." Like Lewis, does any of your characters not have any kind of stun or? Well, no. They they pretty much. Let's see. My Marauder has a couple of stuns. My Operative has a couple of stuns so far. And well, right now my Sork, I've just got the one interrupt slash stun. But then I do have the one CC, the uh, little Rolly Wind. Those. Oh gosh, I hate so, that. I so, hate yelled by that PVP. <laughs> it I mean, me it's not if it's not necessarily a, a stun. At least. You know, each class should have at least one interrupt during the leveling process. Mm-hmm. Well, they pretty much all do. I know that for a fact. Yeah, I've got I've got a couple, but that's because I'm a tank, so I, w- I should have a couple. I should have more than one. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if you don't get it in the first twenty or thirty levels, you're gonna get it eventually. I mean, just play the just play it how you want to play it. And if you don't like PvP, don't do it. There's plenty to do in this game. Tons to do. That's why and... I stay out of it. Lou, what about your play, man? Oh well, as of now. Trying to take my two level 50s through the dailies on Elo and Basavis, which is, yeah, it's it, it's not as entertaining. <laughs> I mean, I understand the need for, I guess, some sort of grind, but um, I, I don't find these very exciting to do at all. Uh, I wish yeah. there was another way. I have another thing to earn. say about that, too, in the next segment. <laughs> yeah. Um, Lou, what do these dailies consist of? Is this the same like normal MMO daily? You know, go out there, get me five of this, and come on back, and and you yes, do that every day. That, that is exactly it. Okay. Uh, last I checked, uh, I was reading on an old forum post. I have to see if you updated the guide or not, but there were at least seventeen dailies broken out between Elam and Belsavis. I believe six are on Elam, the rest are on Belsavis, and a few of them are actually heroic: two man heroics and a couple of four mans. Okay. Now, you can also run the flashpoints on Elam. There are three that are there. But again, uh, if you're not running, I guess, eight-man, 16-man ops, uh, then I guess the only option is to do those dailies all right, and then grind the flashpoints on normal, hard, you know, nightmare mode, hmm. pretty much. What about uh, space combat? 
Well, Space Combat, I am liking. I've been playing a lot of it on my Sorcerer for a big reason. Uh, I am. I really hate the design decision about giving, I guess, Sith Inquisitors the role look. I mean, I, I understand they want to go for a, I guess, an archetypal look mm-hmm. with the robes and such, but for God's sakes, give us some variety. You know, not every Sith Inquisitor wears a skirt, kilt, <laughs> comma, okay? It, they don't. You know, yeah, you have stereotypical looks for the Jedi, you know, with their, I guess, bland, <laughs> dull-colored robes and such. Yeah. But then again, you look at Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, who do you see? You know, look at, you know, Luminari and Dali. You know, look at her, how she was dressed, okay? Ayla Sakura. Yes, Jedi had their, their typical looks, but they're not confined to it. You know, a Jedi isn't made by his or her robes. Same thing with a Sith, isn't made by his or her robes. It's just the look they wish to adopt. Right. So a little... Right. A little variety would be would be great. That's why I'm I'm, I'm doing the space missions because I want to buy actually the Imperial pilot's outfit pants to slap on my Inquisitor and use that from now on. Because uh, I, I believe that might be orange model gear. I'm not sure. I have to double check. But if it is, that's that's what I'm going for. In the space though, I really I do like it. I mean, Joe's got me hooked into it. I like doing it. I'm now I'm going to do it on my 50s too. But you know, my 50s are on that. They're behind the curve, so I, I got to start doing those lower missions just to fill myself back up. Yeah, just uh, go buy the Epic gear for him, because you're you're Mr. Moneybag, so I mean, hey, just go buy the Epic sh- the ship parts, and no, I did not cuss there, I swear, and you'll be good. <laughs> yeah, but I will, but one thing I did like that I, I really would like to do, have them fix if they ever thought about it or wish to improve it, um, I prefer free roaming in space. Oh. I am a big, also, not only do you play MMOs, I am a huge flight sim fan. Air flight sim, like, I'll start with Red Baron from way back when <laughs> with uh, Dynamics, Square Dynamics, okay? Red Baron, F-14, European Air War, Pacific Air War, MiG Alley, IL, you know, IL-2, those kind of hardcore flight sim games. Also with X-Wing and TIE Fighter. I mean, I'd like to be able to fly my ship the way I want to fly it, not, well, you're flying your ship, but you're really not because the game is taking you along this predetermined path for you to accomplish the objectives, um, so that's my big. I, if they really want to improve space, I think that's one way they should do it. Yes, give us objectives, but then allow us the freedom to accomplish them how we want to do it. It's like, all right, I know I have 10 minutes of this mission. I have to, you know, X, Y, and Z. Let me do these in the way I want to do it. All right, and that, within that time frame. If I fail, I fail. If not, okay. Fair enough. All righty, that makes sense. You know what's funny is I uh, I just remember this just now, and I got this last week. After I hit 50, I ran out and got my Proton Torpedoes because I was so excited to get them at 50. Mm-hmm. I've been saving my accommodations. I just remembered that I have not yet equipped them and used them. <laughs> after yeah, all that. all that. Oh, well. But I'll hey. Do that after the show. Log in right. really quick and do a quick space mission, then go ahead and edit. <laughs> all right, guys. Let's go ahead and move on to the Dark Council. are in the dark council our roundtable discussion 
And our topic for tonight is all things being considered, is Star Wars The Old Republic the MMO you were expecting? Yes, no, and why? I have a lot to say about this, so I'm going to let someone else go first. So don't talk up at once, guys. <laughs> I think I think Lou should go first. All right, I'll I'll take it from here then. Um, sure. Actually, I am still in the decision-making process. It's been out for what six weeks now, uh-huh. almost seven. And for me, it's still a little too early to tell you know whether it's something I expected. I mean, I, I expected it to be Star Wars. Yes, it's got those elements. It's got that flavor in there. So you're saying so, you're saying right now this game for you feels like Star Wars. Yes, it feels like Star Wars. Was it the MMO that I was expecting? A little yes and a little no. All right, and a lot of that is personal preference, and in no way am I prefacing that, you know, it, this is all just my opinion. Okay, mm-hmm. please, everyone feel free to disagree, agree with me, or what have you, but yeah. for me, lots of elements in the game that I expected to be in there weren't in there for whatever reason. Whether it was game decisions, whether it was really broken, they took it out, what have you. Uh, for example, my biggest thing with with the game is the UI. Mm-hmm. Right, how god bleeping awful it is. It plays like um, like a console game. That's what it feels like. <laughs> UI. Yeah, kind of like DC Universe Online. Universe Online, yes. I know it makes it in the past. I'm saying, again, that's what it feels like to me. And I'm playing the console game with this UI. Yeah. Right. Um, people seem to think, oh, it's just little things. Well, you know what? They also say little things add up. And if little things start to annoy you to the point where, in the end, you do feel bad or you don't feel like logging on because you know, you know, there are 25 little things that piss me the f- hell off <laughs> and only five good things that bring me back on here. You know, these 25 are definitely going to outweigh this. Oh, of course. <laughs> of course. So, at some parts, to what Joe was saying before, um, you know, it's just trying to find groups during his playtime. Same thing with Mike. Mike's a different time zone, but he's on an East Coast server with us, right? Which is great, but kind of sucks for him when he's you know, and it's his time to play. People are either at work still, you know, or at school, what have you, doing real life stuff before they hop on. So a lot of that can be attributed to, you know, I guess a lot of people aren't maybe not logging. Yeah, I wouldn't say not logging, but it's just I feel. The population is swerving back and forth between, you know, maybe people have started to roll lower alt, you know, alts again. Right. Yeah. Well, it's it's definitely game. it's going to do that. And right. I'm with you know, and Joe was alluding to, you know, the some some issues in at end game. So it's it's definitely going to do that. There's too many servers. Right. Right. I feel I feel I'm getting to that point as well. That that list that we see is which way too big. At I mean, times. I understand why they wanted the servers because they didn't want any problems when the game launched. But there's just too many. They might need them all eventually, but I, I think they should combine some of them, lock some of them out until they actually need those servers. Right. Well, there's there's problems when they do that. Queue times is a big one that people complained about. Queue times, right. yeah, but also you know PR. If if gamers start seeing yeah, you know if they start seeing these these servers close down and server migrations, then they start thinking like oh there's problems with the game and. Yeah, but what would you rather have, a server migration or logging on at, like, peak time and having eight people on? Right, but if, look at the forums. People don't think that way. You know, mob mentality over something like that has, has destroyed a game before. I, I I mean, Lou and I can tell you what happened to our guild in Rift when, when that happened. I mean, the, I think one of the biggest problems that Rift ever had was closing those servers down when they did. And, um, you know, I, I, I'm not saying you're wrong about about there being too many servers i'm saying that they're probably not acting on that because you are right 
But why don't they do what WoW does and give people the option then? Maybe they will. Yeah. Perhaps I think it server transfer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. Just let Try them to get work it out. To transfer <laughs> over. You know, create a character on the other server, see how many people there are, and then if you like it, boom, there you go. You know, all this really comes down to, to one thing: is that, and I think the Doghouse System podcast that I listened to recently, they coined it pretty good. I'm gonna just kind of paraphrase what they said with my own little flair here, and mm-hmm. that is. Yeah, the game has a lot of innovation to it, a lot of amazing innovation, which could really pull it above and beyond the rest. However, Bioware, for some reason, did not learn from the last six years of MMO history. The things that other MMOs, WoW, Rift, you name it, had to implement into their game because it was hurting them is not in this game at all. And we don't hear about it. I was thinking about that when I wrote this question earlier today. I was thinking about the fact that it doesn't feel like Bioware did their homework when they put this game together. You see, you know, I disagree. I actually enjoy this game way more than I enjoyed Rift. Yeah, it's... There's the more to do, the story's the better. When it comes to leveling your character, that's the good part. But trust me, Mike, when you hit that end game, you're going to hit that brick wall. And you're going to be sitting yeah. there going, what the F is this? And, there, you know, honestly, a looking for group tool would fix a whole lot of problems, especially if they did cross if they did uh, cross server. Oh yeah, looking for groups would be a good thing. I mean, to who ask, cares but... about the population at that point if you have cross server and you can do those groups then? I was sitting in the fleet for three nights in a row trying to look for a group to do one flashpoint and never got anything from it. And that's disappointing no. as hell. Yeah. Especially when But you the know... thing is at least it's fun to level up to fifty. It was so boring that I had to quit Rift because I <laughs> I didn't even want to level. Right. And, and and that's the one aspect I do like about this uh, MMO from Bioware is the fact that you know the storylines are great for the classes. Okay? Even if you don't like the storyline aspect of it, people have to admit the writers came up with some really great stories. Oh, yeah. Put their hearts into it. And oh, you yeah. can tell. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt. And I have to it agree with... It keeps you engaged. It does. It absolutely does. And I have to agree with Mike when he says that you know, I enjoy playing this leveling up a lot more than I ever did with Rift. Um, personally, I find the amount of of origin stories that you can play right off the bat is is a lot of fun and it keeps me interested. And Rift didn't have that. Now, right. Mike, what what about you? Now, if, if for, for me, this feels like this feels like um, this is a naked MMO, if you will. That's that's how this feels to me, and that's I think the most the the the, the fastest uh, way I can explain how I how I feel about this game. It just feels naked. Now, Shell you know, of an MMO. Yeah, you know, it's not complete. I give you that. Right. It's it's there. However, it's still new. If you know, six seven months down the road, they haven't done anything. Okay, then you know, hey, what the hell's going on? Right. That's why I said in the beginning is like you know but, I'm still waiting yeah, to take my decision. But, I'm but seeing it. I'm saying is that by March, when they have the next big patch, they better have something in there for the in-game fix. Looking for group tools, something to make it easier for people, because a lot of people are hitting in-game now. And me, I'm one of those people that loves in-game. That makes it breaks MMO for me. And right now, it's breaking it. Because for me, there's no in-game. Yeah, see, I'm opposite. I don't really care too much about in-game usually, so... Well, in-game is all about... It's about one of two things. It's about raiding, and it's about PvP. Yeah. You, See, I don't usually have the time to raid, so. Yeah, and I can understand like how your your perspective on on Ed game would be would be skewed. You know, it would be you know you don't you don't really care much about in game as a result. Um, but for 
you know, and I'm not, you know, I, I barely have any time to read too. And you gotta be kidding me, <laughs> but, yeah. um, you know, for those out there that really care about, you know, rating and PVP, you know, uh, I just Joe's right. flash points, you know, I maybe know, once yeah. a week do a raid, but the rating is all about your guild anyway. That's, that's what that's about. But when you first hit 50 and you want to get that new gear so you can eventually raid, you need to have those, those five man groups just to get into, get them in, get them done. You don't have that option. Sitting around for three hours looking for group, you know, DPS stage looking for group for yeah. 10 hours, not exciting. Not exactly my ideal way of wanting to spend $15 a month. Honestly, at this point, I think for an MMO to launch without something like an LFG tool is inappropriate. And I think... I think uh, well, you can't really say without one because it does have one. It just sucks. It doesn't have anything. As nightmare. Yeah, it is. You can flag yourself yeah, looking you for You flag yourself out oh, looking yeah, for group. But they did that in WoW in the beginning and everything else. No one ever used that stuff. And again, yeah, that's something to there. learn from. No one's going to use that. Yeah, no, I don't even think anyone knows. Whenever I've I've looked in that thing, there's always been two people. And I was one. I've seen about three at the most, I think. Yeah, you don't. Sometimes I'll <laughs> yeah. leave it on if I'm bored. But it's it's there. It doesn't work, but it's there. <laughs> well, they, leveling that's... up my mage, my sage is like I did a probably I did three heroics altogether and two flashpoints. I could have done them all the way leveling up, and I probably would have much better gear at end game right now. But trying to find a group while I'm leveling is pulling teeth. It's a lot of work. It really is. Right. It really is. And if I had a way until just... I got to Balmora, it wasn't that bad for me. If I had a way of just queuing up while I was leveling, and then randomly get pinged to go do this heroic quest or go to this flashpoint awesome would love it just like pvp it all is they have a pvp queue system transfer that over to pve and lore wise it would work better than it did in warcraft you, you know you're running around you're doing your quest you, you you got yourself queued up and then all of a sudden you, you get a little thing on your holocron right yeah your holo communicator oh you know group's ready to go okay great you push that and then you hit the accept button and a a uh Space shuttle, <laughs> you know, space shuttle, the same one that you know you that helps you teleport. <laughs> the space shuttle comes and picks you up and takes you off to the fleet where you can you can go in like very easily explainable, very easily implementable. Is that a word? Implementable. But when it comes when it actually on their defense though, I mean, well, also let me get me wrong here. Another thing they should have learned is the dailies, the daily grind of going to get this and going to get that. Every single day drives me insane to where I hate dailies. If they were a random quest that was more involving, more story-oriented, I would be okay with doing them. But, no, same thing over and over again, they can go suck a waffle. That was wow, exactly, though. Dailies were the exact same thing every day. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I never did them in a while. I hated them. Yeah. There really isn't anything that, like, compare it to with that because they're all the same all oh, yeah. dailies have always been that way i think by, i think by nature the the daily system has to be that repetitive because 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 you do it every day so it's i don't think i don't think really there's there's a whole lot of getting around it unless you 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 know reinvent the wheel on this one and have some way of earning you daily experience or daily reputation gains by not just doing you know a quest every single day but you know, doing something every single day that doesn't necessarily involve, you know. Quests. I think they should put a casino in the game. <laughs> you know what? That would be fun. That seriously would be. 
You know what I think would be a really nice twist they could put into these dailies? What's that? Turn. I mean, these dailies started off as regular quests to begin with, if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of using them as a grind fest to where you have to earn the daily commendations, earn X amount gets you the ability to buy these mods, these hilts, you know, these implants, these earpieces. Have it to where you know you can create several types of dailies. To where you know if you run these. You can tell right off the bat, you, you can go to Torhead or Darth Hayden and say, all right, if you run these five instances, these five dailies, these five will drop Guardian gear, Vanguard gear, you know, Sentinel gear. You run these five, this will drop Smuggler gear. You know what I mean? Yeah. That way you have variety, and you're not running the same ones every day to get X amount. No, you have to go there and physically, you know, roll the dice. It's a random loot generator to begin with. Just take out a commendation and say, hey, you want to run these dailies, we have 17 of them. Six of you know, seven or eight of them will drop gear for you, for your class, for endgame. So it behooves you to run these eight every day until you start getting that gear piece by piece by piece. Yeah, a little bit of an incentive there. Right. As opposed to you may have to bleep you know, sense me that but bleeping, you know, running seventeen dailies a day to get X amount of combination, realizing I do the math, no 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 no. I'd rather be ooh, I gotta go in here and do it because this stuff might drop for me. Yeah, you know, it right, might well, drop. Let's let's not make this you know a total negative. You know, uh, oh no, no, I've been building my, my positive stuff up for the end. You know, <laughs> yeah, and yeah. I'm sure we're we're ke- we're getting the uh, the time the time itch. So with with a few couple of seconds that we got left, you know, why don't we why don't we spend a little time on on you know the positives about the game? You know, we said you know it's we said why it's not the MMO we were expecting. Let's let's talk a little bit about why it is the MMO we we're expecting. Hey, all I said was positive stuff already. So <laughs> true. <laughs> <laughs> well, for me, it is the story. The story drove me to keep wanting to play it. It makes me want to stay in the game, and because I, I, I have faith that Bioware is going to fix these issues, I just hope it's sooner than later. Um, there is it's all going to get fixed. They're going to open up the API eventually. And we'll get all the add-ons that made other MMOs successful. And yeah. But the story of this game is what is the coolest part about it. The way they did the PvP, the way they set up the worlds, the way they set up everything, the companions, all of it, is incredible. And all they need to do now is give us the normal MMO staples that we're all used to and rely on to make everybody happy. And you'll have an award-winning MMO that's going to give WoW a severe run for its money. Here's, here's what I like. About, about the game so far. Um, it started off with all of the issues that MMOs had already fixed. All right, the big stuff, okay? Everyone used to complain about PvP and how much you know it stunk in, in Warcraft. PvP in this game is fun. Crafting, oh my God, crafting in every game. I'd rather drill my teeth out of my damn skull <laughs> with my mouse cord than craft in MMO. Okay, you know what? I like it in this game. Crafting's cool in this game. You know, yeah, I, it is. So that's good. The story. No one cares about a story in an MMO. This this is the one thing in this game that has exceeded my expectations by far. Is the story? Mind you, it out of the water. If anyone listened to my other, the first show we did, the Quest Gaming Podcast, I was the hater when it came to this game coming out. I had no faith in it. Um, and the <laughs> yeah, every, every day he took his uh, daily dose of Haterade. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes two glasses of it. <laughs> uh, the story has blown me away. I seriously have been engrossed in it. I, I don't 
skip through any of the conversations at all. No. I, I watch everything. And I thought for for a fact that, you know, having it everything voiced over was going to drive me insane. Um, no, not at all, in fact. I actually look forward to it. That's that's one thing too that that I was blown away about was was the voice, the voice acting, and how every quest, you know, has that cutscene. Like I, I I thought that was going to get monotonous after a while, and I, I'm, you know, thirty one, still loving it. You know, don't see that ever ending. So, my <laughs> <laughs> <nice> space show. <laughs> so um, you know, those those are all all stuff um, that that I I happen to enjoy. What about you, Lou? I do like the fact that one someone has taken the Star Wars name IP and actually did did some really great work with it. Lou, real quick, does this feel true to Star Wars for you? For me, I think it's as close as we can get. Close to the galaxies. Well, galaxies had its good and bad points. Um, okay, but overall, is this closer than galaxies? When you when you jump into galaxies and you you, you jump into Old Republic. Like, do you do you say, wow, galaxies have felt more like the movies, or when you jump in a, into this, do you do you say like, oh, this this really feels more like Star Wars universe, and this is Star Wars? I feel more a part of the Star Wars universe in Tor because of the voiceovers, the quality of the voice acting for these voice actors and actresses to give depth and feeling to the normal kill five of these, bonus quest get five more of these, and so forth. No, it, it turns it into something you want to engage And in. there's an actual individual story for your character. That blew Correct. me away. You have, that, yeah, you have every other MMO, it's always about this, this supposed world story that's going on, but you're just a little minor pawn in it. Mm-hmm. No. In my Sage, I had to finish my story after I hit 50. I had no, I didn't finish it when I hit fifty. I had to go and finish it. I had to see what had how it ended, how it was continuing, and I will. Well, it was awesome. <laughs> I mean, to say the least. <laughs> Plus, I think that you know I, I don't want to compare galaxies with Tor, but the fact that galaxies was also in a rough time frame for for the for the period it was covering. You know, between yeah, but that's, New Hope and, and Empire Strikes Back. That's a design. That's a design issue right. right there. And so yeah, they were kind of limited as to what they could do, but they did give players the world. You know, it was a sandbox MMO. All right. But now here we have we have a purpose. Yes, it's on rails. But, you know, hey, it's there. You can go with it, not go with it. But I feel more of it's more of a Star Wars game to me than, than I, I feel part of the Star Wars universe here. Definitely. Good. Mike, what about you and, and the story? Oh, I love the story on this game. As I said earlier, it's yeah. freaking great. Wow. It was horrible story wise. It just it was like no story pretty much. The only story that actually stuck out to me was Lich King, and that was... I think I liked the story better in Final Fantasy XI than I did in WoW. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it required a lot of work. You had to unearth the story. Well, yeah, I didn't tell it in the game. You know, that's the one thing that I had with Final Fantasy that I liked ahead of WoW was the fact that it actually had the story in the game, you know? It made you feel like you're a part of it, and this, like, did that better. This game is just, it really makes you feel like you're a part of it more than any other game out there. It's, you know, like uh, Lou was saying earlier, but using it as a positive, it's like you're playing a console single player game, whereas you feel like you're absorbed into the story. You're not paying attention to anything else, really. Right. All right. So on that, let's go ahead and go into our break and we'll be right back with the Galactic Gazette.
to the Galactic Gazette with my co-anchor R2-D2. And welcome back. We are in the Galactic Gazette. We have a whole bunch of news to get over really quick for you guys. So let's get started as soon as Yvonne is done playing with his kitty. Hey, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's get him out of the way. All right, so what do we have first, sir? All right, starting fr uh, Friday, February 2nd, BioWare adds a tutorial video series to their quick start guide section designed to introduce new players to Star Wars The Old Republic, how to play the game, concept of leveling a character, attributes, classes, etc., etc., etc. They have a quote here. I have a quote here for you guys, and they say, explaining their, their new tutorial video series, they said, the first video in the series titled Begin Your Journey takes you through the process of jumping into the game for the first time. In this video, social media coordinator Eric Musco helps new players through the process of picking a server type, creating their first character, and guiding players through their character's classes opening conversation. You can access the new resource by going to swotor, S-W-T-O-R dot com forward slash info forward slash new players guide and selecting quick start videos in the box of links on the right side of the screen. So as you can see, they're they're definitely dedicated to, you know, helping out their their new people who are new to MMOs and people who are, who are new to their game as well. And that's a good thing. I mean, for anyone who's not, there's been a lot of new players coming in this game that never played MMOs before. So they kind of need that kind of help. <laughs> Any MMO veteran has been through that process before plenty of times, so I mean, that's not an issue, but if you're new to the MMO market, definitely take a look at these. Right, It'll these help guys you. definitely, they've got your back. So, uh, Tuesday, February 7th, patch 1.1.2 oh. is released. <laughs> <laughs> it's indeed a week off the heels of... Yes, off the heels of 1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.1.
Energized and exotech stim- stims and adrenals are no longer bound, allowing them to be traded or sold to other players. Yay. Now listen to this one, because this was all the way down at the bottom of the patch notes, and if you're not watching, you're going to mix it up, or you're going to miss it. Ricotta usable, Ricotta reusable stims and adrenals have been reduced in power, providing buffs equal to energized stims and adrenals. However, the tooltips for these have not been updated and will display the old values. So if you've been using your, your stims and you're not understanding why you're not getting the kind of output that you were, this is why. They've tweaked the, uh, you know, they messed with the, the stims and they haven't updated the tooltip at all. So it still displays old values on the tooltip. So the Jedi Knight, Sentinel, and the Sith Warrior Marauder, they got their DPS increase this patch. They got a little bit of a buff. Uh, yes, yes they did. Let's see, what else? Uh, there was one other thing I wanted to jump in here with. Uh, right, they slowly, slightly lowered the amount of resources gathered from harvested droids and creatures. I don't know if anyone would catch that either, but uh, yes, Jedi Knight, Sentinel, Sith Warrior, Marauder. DPS increases through Searing Saber, Searing Saber, Plasma Blade, and Hemorrhage and Bleed Out skill changes. All right, also through Pacify and Obfuscate, these abilities no longer can no longer be used on Operation Boss Enemies. Nice. What else? Yeah, um, yeah, it's a nice little DPS boost for those guys. Jedi Consular, Shadow, and Sith Inquisitor Assassin. Some of your skills now function differently, and here they are. Unity, Force Techniques Force Breach, and Lightning Charges Discharge, Particle Acceleration and Energize, and Harness Shadows and Harness Darkness. Changes in Infiltration and Deception skill trees, as well as Balance and Madness, including new requirement for the purchase of Shadow Technique and Surging Charge for Circling Shadows and Induction skills within those, those talent trees. Healing Output has increased for skills Psychic Absorption and Devour as well. So those are the changes for Patch 1.1. And they did 1.1.2A with a quick Ilum fix. They they basically stated that killing players on Ilum will now consistently grant Valor and mission credit as intended. So that whole debacle is put to rest, hopefully. Uh, So that is your news for this week. I was going to say tonight, but, you know, it's for the week. Anyway, we're going to go ahead and move on to our Jedi Archives... What does it mean to be a Jedi? To hold all that power? Only history can tell and teach. In the Jedi Archives. And here we are in Jedi Archives lore with Mike and Lou, our resident lore masters. Mike, what do you got for us today, buddy? All right, well, uh, we got a request this week for the Razor server, correct, Joe? Yep. So I went ahead and did uh, looked it up. All right, the Razor is a C-90 Corvette in the Alliance fleet. Now, if you don't know what the C-90 Corvette class battleship is, that is the one at the beginning of Episode Four: A New Hope. It's the one that the Leia's on that gets boarded by the Imperials. Same type. It's been used for years in the Alliance fleet. 
Yeah, it's kind of like a diplomatic shuttle. Yeah, yeah, pretty much like a diplomatic shuttle. However, they do have ones that are used for assassination and different kinds. They actually have different C90 Corvettes. Now, as for the Razor, um, it's actually, it's going to sound really familiar. So, after secret Imperial data was stolen from a freighter Soproza, the information was taken to members of a certain member of group and transferred to the Razor, the Alliance base on Kofus 2. It came under attack. Uh, they were covered, fired at inner hyperspace to rendezvous with the Independents. On its way, however, it was ambushed and disabled. The Imperial Class II Star Destroyer Avenger arrived, caught the Corvette in a tractor beam, um, but not before the Dreadnought Class Heavy Cruiser inexplicably showed up into the field to exist. Uh, the Razor then launched an escape containing a lone crew member managing to escape with the data that was received by friendly civilians. <laughs> and no, that is not what happened in episode, uh, episode 4 New Hope. However, yes... It pretty much is exactly the same. This universe keeps repeating <laughs> itself. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. We're in a loop. We just don't know yeah. that. Mike so, cut out. Uh, Mike cut out a little bit when he was describing that, but he it, they launched an escape pod. His audio just for some reason stopped right at that moment. Oh, <laughs> weird. Yes, they launched an escape pod with one lone survivor on it, which was found by friendlies, and they were able to get the data off of it. Yeah, this took place during uh, X-wing. The two flight games for uh, Star Wars. So, so this would be a couple of years after the Battle of of Yavin, because doesn't doesn't X Wing take place after Episode Four? No, um, X Wing takes place leads up to uh, Death Star. Yeah, at the end of the at the end of the, the last series of missions for X Wing, you actually are part of uh, the Rebel Squadron going up against the Death Star. So oh, yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, they even said on here, the fate of the Razor, which was carrying top-secret data pursued by a Star Destroyer and captured by its tractor beam, then ejecting the plans in an escape pod, is nearly <laughs> identical to that of the Tantive Four and the opening <laughs> scenes of the New Hope. <laughs> <laughs> so they are not the same. The Razor is a different one. The Tantive Four is the one that was used in the New Hope. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, interesting little bit of information there. So, so this actually occurs um, during Episode Four's timeline. There is actually, it's kind of up in the air on when it takes place. There's two different, kind of two different versions of what exactly happens, depending on which game you go by. Okay. So, hold on. Right, well, I mean, we don't have to be exact. I was just, I was just, you know, yeah, tossing it out there. Yeah, it's kind of weird how they did it, so yeah. I don't know. Okay. I know they know what the, what the Razor server is named after. And no, it's yeah. not for shaving. And Lou, what about you? What do you have for us tonight? All right, tonight... I want to do a particular planet, since you and I are on that stage right now, Joe, and it's on the world Elam. Fun world. <laughs> Looking forward to this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a Oh, by the way, it's the most beautiful planet in the game, in my opinion. Yeah, I kind of call it the world of the Crystal Caves. Well, it's actually one of its other names as well, because that's one of the main features of the planet. All right. Mm-hmm. It's in the unknown regions of the galaxy. Okay, if you look at the star map, if you're in your starship, you go to one section... It's called the Unknown Regions, okay? It was first discovered by the Jedi around 22,800 years before the Battle of Yavin, all right? And this Jedi, when he was piloting his ship, he felt a particular pull in the Force, all right? He was drawn to that particular region of space, and so when he jumped, he landed in the vicinity of Ilum, and that's how the planet was discovered, all right? In the exploration of the planet, the Jedi realized that the crystals that are in the caves throughout the planet, they were strong with the power of the Force. 
And so that, they actually started to use the crystals there uh, for part of their lightsabers as the main crystal or as part of the focusing lens for the weapons. All right, and as that happened, um, as the years went on, the Jedi realized the importance of this planet, and they built a temple there hmm. to help guard it and also a- as a staging ground uh, for other Jedi to go there and do the same. And again, as the years went on again, the Jedi would explore even more, construct little side temples here and there, little areas, and again, you know, you had Jedi going there, a, a younger Jedi going there as part of, I guess, a pilgrimage to help construct their first lightsaber. Uh, kind of like the spoiler alert <laughs> if you're playing Jedi Knight. <laughs> at the end, when you construct a lightsaber, it's the same process. There, are, There's a forge there or forges in the area you can build or it, it's part of the, I guess, the, the process of building a lightsaber. Now, was was Ilum the original, the original forge and then Tython? Or was it, do you think it was Tython? Because I mean, I see here... It was like 22,000 years before, almost 23,000 years before Episode 4. I mean, that's, you know, way before Old Republic time. Right. I'd say this is actually after Tython. All right, Tython was first, and then this would come next. Wow. You know, so it's after the Jedi were first created, or first came to existence, and then they they had this happen to Mm -hmm. them. All right, so now they have, you know, they're running mining operations on there. Uh, to harness the crystals, power the crystals, and they kept the location secret for that reason. All right, so they kept it off the star charts in the galaxy. They didn't share that knowledge with anyone else but themselves. And digging up through the lore that I found, I was able to get, um, it was obtained that it was a hyperspace jump from the planet of Metelos in the core regions of the galaxy that would take it to Ilum, but it could only be accomplished by someone who was Force-sensitive. So there's, right, actually so no, there's actually no star map that navigates you to there. Right. Supposedly, according to the lore that, that I found, there's no real chart that points towards Ilum. It gives people coordinates to Ilum. However, yeah, you now going to the time frame of Tor, somehow the, the Sith discover it, and now you've got you know, over there the, the battle for the planet going on right now. You have the Empire and its presence on the planet trying to take back the crystal, trying to take the crystal case from the Jedi and the Republic. Hmm. So now I'm trying to figure out myself, like, uh, so... If they're saying that it can't be done by anybody but a force sensitive, then you're probably going to have Sith pilots taking these Imperial troops down there, you know, to help them do it. Okay. Uh, just, yeah. If anyone remembers, too, you first see Elam in the Clone Wars series or the animated shorts that came out on Cartoon Network a few years ago. Remember right. Those five-minute yeah. shorts that came out? I actually – I own two, those two DVDs, and I was just watching them with uh, with Jenny last week, and I remember – I remember watching the temple on Ilum was uh, it was destroyed. Yes, yes, it was destroyed, and I guess Yoda and a few other Jedi had to go back there and rescue what Jedi were there. So yeah, the, the, that main part, that main temple was destroyed, but it gets cut off as well because Palpatine actually takes Ilum and planets like Ilum and quarantines them for the rest of the galaxy, so that any remaining Jedi or any potential future Force users won't have access to that kind of material, you know, to help challenge him and his power. So he was actually. Yeah, because part of your part of your Jedi trials is to construct the new lightsaber, and from what I was told, this is you know fourth and fifth hand you know information I was getting you know almost fifteen years ago when I was in high school that you had to as a Padawan find one of these crystals and then use that, go back, and then construct your lightsaber, and like that was part of part of your trial was finding that that crystal. Right. So if if a new if someone who was force sensitive, 
you know, at the time of, of the Empire with, uh, with um, Darth Sidious was looking for one of these crystals, you know, with all of those, those planets that have the crystals on them, you know, uh, barred off, you know, he would definitely be able to know who's, who's coming. Not saying it was impossible, but extremely difficult. And, you know, yeah, these are the most powerful crystals, supposedly, on Elam. But there are other planets out there that you can find crystals in and still construct the weapon. For example, if, if anyone's played KOTOR, Dantooine has crystal caves that you can use and refine, you know, get the crystals in there, and you can still use them in your lightsaber. Right. Okay, so, yeah, it, it's, it's a source, but not the only source. And, again, with Palpatine cutting, or Darth Sidious now, cutting off when he takes power, you know, it's not until the Empire falls from the turn of the Jedi timeline that we see, you know, Luke in the future, you know, the new Jedi being able to rediscover these worlds and such. All right, that was Ilum, and thanks, Lou and Mike, for that awesome bit of lore. We're going to go ahead and move on to the fleet. Welcome to the fleet. Oh, Lord, Vader. We would be honored if you would join us. And here we are in the fleet, your emails and iTunes shoutouts for this week. Our first email comes from Eric P. He says, hey, Quest crew. So we all know that those intro videos that were released over the past couple of years were amazing. The production quality was amazing. We also know that the people, sorry, we also know that the good people at Bioware are among the best storytellers on the planet. The Old Republic era is rich with history. As we've seen with the last, with the 15 or so videos that came out with the master, I'm going to say, Nos Durrell. Yes. Uh, what do you guys think about Bioware producing animated movies or even a TV series? I know people crucify George Lucas for making anything after the original three movies, but I think these would be excellent for the hardcore gamers and the millions of people who are in Swator already. Eric P. Honestly, Eric, I don't, I don't care who does it. I think the I don't think the next iteration of Star Wars movies is is going to be seven, eight, and nine simply because how do you replace these actors and it's it's the same characters. You know, you're not going to get anyone to play, you know, Luke other than Mark Hamill because it's just it's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. So moving away from seven, eight, and nine, I think the best way to make a new Star Wars movie Old Republic material and just keep it with Old Republic material. You can you can do. Many, 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 many movies based on on old old Republic stuff, even until you know way after George Lucas has left us. Just like with Star Trek and Gene Roddenberry, we can keep on trucking with with old Republic material. And I don't think it necessarily has to be Bioware. They need to stick to what they do best: games. Put their focus and attention in the games, and let someone else do the movies. Yeah, look what happened with Dragon Age. They made that that awful web series. Yeah. Any thoughts, Lou? Well, uh, I'm with you, Joe. I would prefer Bioware stick to just making games. Now, if they ever did, I guess, venture into that arena, I would say have them just write the storyline for it, the episodes. But let's... I would prefer the uh, animation company that did the actual trailers. Let them do it. But give them... You know, let, let Bioware write the stories, but have that, that, that studio do the work. Yeah, but you know what? I'm itching for some live-action movies. 
That's what I mentioned for. Mm-hmm. True, but it also gets more expensive than, say, doing stuff that's CGI generated or animated. Yeah, but so, we're all getting tired of the CGI animated BS. It's time for some live action awesomeness again. Yeah. And, that's you know, true. I mean, Lou's, you know, you're right, Lou. Um, but, y- you know, like, after episode three was just such a downer, you know, because, you know, Anakin becomes, you know, Darth Vader. I want to see, I want to see a nice, long Star Wars movie with some great actors, some great action, some old Republic stuff just going on for nine movies, six movies, and just start from great and finish off to epic awesome. Well, in that case, I would say they could probably do the webcomic that they had for the main website when the game was first announced years ago. Put that to light. Actually come up with a live-action series or a series of movies where you are seeing Satili uh, Shan as a young Jedi Knight mm. fighting the war. Mm. That alone could take at least three movies. Mm-hmm. Mm. I hope it does. <laughs> you know, maybe six, depending on how you tell the story, how, how much you want to bring into it. Because there's just so much material right there already that they can pull from and come up with some great material, some great stories, some great movies. You know, and, and get away from – see, my own personal opinion here, folks um, – regards to how Lucas has uh, somehow got kiddified the movies to where it got too cutesy. Granted, that's half your audience, but then again, you also have fans like you, me, and Joe, and Michael are older. Yeah, we like the kid stuff, but in the end, I, I, I want to see a story that's aimed at me, too. All right. Our next email, as my phone size will go off, um, I'm going to let Evarwin take it. Okay. Let's see. We have Taylor. Taylor says, hey, guys, I'm a bit confused about how to read the tooltip when you hover over a piece of gear. It shows the slot for armoring or modification and then a number in parentheses, but doesn't show me the actual statistics for that slot. How does the number in parentheses relate to the stats for that modification? Thanks again for the advice. Keep up the good work on the show. Taylor. Lewis, you want to grab this one? Yes. All right, Taylor, um, what you're seeing there when you're hovering over that little tooltip pops up, the comparison, the number in the parentheses is actually it reflects the item level, per se, of that piece of gear. For example, that mod, that hilt, that enhancement, barrel, so forth. For example, you can have a piece of gear that's going to be purple. All right, it's going to be a purple hilt, advanced guardian hilt, and you'll see a number next to it that's in parentheses that it'll say 52. All right, so it uses that. It's a purple enhancement or a purple hilt, but for item level's sake, it's a level 52 type item, which you can use on your 50 lightsaber or level 50 rifle, blast pistol, what have you. Okay, that's just, just that's just to show you that, yeah, you're sporting level 50 type mods and such on your weapons and gear. But this gives you a definite advantage because now it's level 52 and it gives you this much more of a boost. Okay. All right, so that's what that number means. All right, if I'm wrong, if I got any corrections, by all folks, let me know. You know, we'll narrow it down some more, but that, that's what I'm getting from that. All right, because I can put a level 50 purple modification in my gear, and a level 50 modification gear, and that's blue, and the purple will definitely bump it up better. <laughs> yeah. Give it a better edge than the blue item will. A blue yeah. modification will. Okay. Fair enough. Very good. Thanks, Taylor. Thanks, Lou. All right, so we have another email from another Eric, and he says, Hey, guys, I have a problem. I'm a bit of a perfectionist and an altaholic like Lou. My main is a level 20 trooper, and I love him, but I made a mistake. I accidentally paid no attention to what I was doing and picked a random crew skills that I don't want. I know that sounds funny. Is there a way you can re-pick my skills? I'm about to delete him and make a new main because of this. Thanks. Don't delete him, Eric. You can easily go right into your crew skills tab and delete him. 
or go to the or the I believe you can go to a vendor as well, another Cusco vendor, and just replace. Yes, can't you? you're gonna learn it there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I was gonna say like I I think there is a way to unlearn your Cusco design. Oh, yeah, there's definitely a way. It's easy yeah. to do. Yes. Yeah, just press N, open up the campaign crafting. It's like that. It's that little X, right? In yeah, the, uh, and and then go, the go. Yeah, put the X, hover over the X, and that will actually get rid of the skill, and you should get the little pop-up window confirming. Hey, do you want to do it? <laughs> you sure you want to do this? <laughs> you sure? Hopefully, we got to Eric before he deleted his uh, his tune. <laughs> yeah, hopefully. Don't hopefully. do it. Don't do it. Don't kill him. It's not the end of the world. There is a way. Well, I hope we helped you out, Eric, and thank you everybody for your emails. And our little shout-outs go to Tyler2468, and this is all in America, by the way, Eric P 89 and... Looks like Katian Countenance. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> and in the UK, Cheery XL. Thank you for your five-star reviews on iTunes, guys. And like for my final thought, I just want to apologize about the audio quality issues on this episode. We had... Some unknown Skype issues going on throughout the entire thing. So we like to apologize about that. Hopefully it won't happen again. It's the first time it's happened to us, and we've been podcasting for quite a long time. So sorry. Sorry. Uh, yeah, final thought for me. I just want to thank the chat room for coming in. Thank you very much, guys. Your uh, enthusiasm has pulled us through this this daunting episode. <laughs> <laughs> And um, I'm getting close to my legacy name. So if anyone has any suggestions for a light side Jedi, send me an email. Send the uh, the show an email, starwarsofftherecord at gmail.com, and let me know what you think I should name my Jedi. Name me Varwin's Jedi. New Rurivi. <laughs> <laughs> That was an attempt to say the name backwards, wasn't it? (laughs) (laughs) My poor attempt. (laughs) What about you, Better than I would have done. Mistress says, name your Jedi, Elizabeth. (laughs) (laughs) Wesley. (laughs) I don't know about that one. Yvarwin, the Dread Pirate. (laughs) (laughs) Final thoughts, Lou? I'm glad everyone's here tonight. Uh, Thanks for bearing with us, despite the slight technical hiccups we had. Uh, please, I would like to see more people's suggestions on lore. There's a lot of it out there, and I really want to hear what people think and what they want to hear, what they want to know more about. So Lou, send them in, folks. I, I, I don't mean to interrupt. I'm sorry, Lou. Um, do you have a, a personal an email or an email account that they can send you uh, lore bits to? Because I believe it or not, we actually got two two suggestions for you um, on lore. Um, yeah, you can actually send it to my Gmail account. It's Leo19k at gmail.com. Leo19k at gmail.com? Yes, that is correct. All right, so if you have a question about lore or you want Lou to cover something specific regarding lore, send it to Leo19k at gmail.com. All righty. <laughs> Mike's uh, intellectual thought for the week. Ooh, that's it. That's my that's my intellectual thought for the week, guys. It's final thought. <laughs> Mike, how to reach us? All right, how to reach us? You guys can reach us at our website at www.starwarsofftherecord.com. You can email us us at starwarsofftherecord at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at Star Wars OTR or individually. Joe is at author J 
J.R. Wilson. Ivarwin is at Ivarwin, E-V-A-R-W-Y-N. I am at Insane Hero. That's Insane H-I-R-O. And Lou is at GamerGuy 11B, because 11A was taken. (laughs) (laughs) Star Wars Out the Record is a Quest Gaming Network production. And may the Force be with you. Take care, guys. Be safe. Adios, amigos. Take care, everyone. See you all next week. Randomness for the win. Mm-hmm. Oh, Joe Wilson, I do so like it when I'm surprised. Roll a 1d4. <laughs> like the d12 that's in the Jedi Temple and Tython? <laughs> the Varwin and, and Lou sound really good to me right now. We're side choices on the menu. <laughs> Joe's picking us. <laughs> the way that just came out. It's like, gee, I'll have a, let's see, I'll take an Varwin. <laughs> I'll take a side of loot. Does the loot come with garlic and gravy? Yes, it does. <laughs> That's an outtake. Uh, how's the Mike Forney today? Delectable. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome back to Star Wars Off the Record for Episode 4. And I forgot my earbuds, so hold that thought. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to Star Wars Off the Record for Episode 4. Far, far, four. four, four, four. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Hola, como esta? That should that should be your salutation every episode, Mike. <laughs> Hola, como esta? Muy bien. Perfect. Muy bien. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, ¿Qué pasó, mi amigo? Woo woo.